Greetings, beautiful people. This is Jay here from Lads Talk Health and as always, sending nothing but love and kindness and positivity to all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. Please, please, if you enjoy it, let other people share your enjoyment. Love to you all. We live. Hello, Insta. It's Jay here from Lads Talk Health and as always, sending you nothing but loads of love and positive energy and kindness. Well, it's been an interesting day today. There's my mate, Harry. Hey, Charlie. Hello, mate. Oi, oi. Hey, fat man. Hello, mate. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I don't even really said anything to be honest, not placed or anything. Hi, Karen. Skates. Uh, I'm gonna place oh. it. You wanna place it tonight, mate? Do you know what you can? Only because you know I wasn't expecting this. We're we're running a little bit late. Apologies, that's my fault because there's been a lot going on this evening, which I'm still processing. Uh, and it's only, as you all know, and it's, we, it's the truth every time we say it, we never plan. We just, two minutes before, one of us rings the other one and says, hi, Donna, that what we're going to talk about, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but tonight, Hazard rang me and I couldn't take his call because I was on the phone to Daisy's mum and dad. Yeah, do you want to, I, I, I'll talk about it. Do you to, I, I'm trying to make it a place. What, how do I start? I'm fucking angry, bro. That's to be completely honest. I'm fucked off. I'm fuming. Yeah, so guys, this is goes back to the 15-year-old girl uh, that has gone through her and her family like, this horrible ordeal. Uh, she'd been forced into chemotherapy. Uh, they didn't actually ask her a question throughout this. This 15-year-old girl had no voice. Um, the way it was all done, the social services come in, like the, it's a journey. There was a two-part episode that we did on it, and then there was another talk that we did on it as well. But this amazing girl, she's gone through all of this, and she's taken it all like under her wing, and she's been literally belittled all the way through, and she didn't have one inch of the side effects over this aggressive treatment because of the, the work that she was doing with James. But she then got the old clip, um, or she got the the okay to say your tumours are completely shrunk after this. Like the 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 tumours, the lymph nodes have just pretty much vanished, like unheard of. So this girl's come like leaps and bounds in terms of what she's gone through and what she's overcome. But like, there's always something more, especially when it is the pharmaceutical. The the same people are doing it all over the world with all these different things at the moment we're seeing. But there's a system, it's a process. And through this whole story, you'll see the ins and outs of it, every single part of the corruption and the way that they literally, they, they don't, they're not there to heal. They're there to preserve, they're there to make you uncomfortable. And we're not just saying this on this one time, this is constant now. And it's become a lot more apparent the more aware we've been over the last year. Same things you could say from the same stories, outcomes. And they've now 
called the police uh, to the family. Um, so I've literally come on the phone to James and he's, he's literally been on the phone all day, um, the parents. And obviously, you can imagine you have to take all this on because it's a lot to take on. It's the fear, it's the worry. But it also does get to James as well because when, you're, when you go on a journey with your clients, it, you get to know them, like you get to love them. And when you start seeing the magic that they come out as well, like you're a part of that. And it's quite hard as a coach sometimes to disconnect when, you, when you've got that so much invested in someone. So yeah, so James just reached out to me today um, and there's been more stress now in the family. So it's kind of like, what do we do next? Yeah, so I'm trying to think where it started. So for those that know, like how you said, Daisy got even more a better result than even Harry uh, described it. Literally, Daisy's Daisy had a huge tumor on her chest, tumor in her neck, both sides of her lymph nodes. Now, the both sides thing is very relevant if people understand how cancer works and how it's gauged when it's on both sides. She had a um, she had a, a lump under her armpit. She had two in each of her lungs. She had small tumors as well. Um, so that's how much of this girl's body was covered. And like I said, the huge one, the big, big protruding, really big one was on her chest. So I've lost all timelines at the minute because my head's not. Two weeks ago, I think I did the we did the video when we said hi, Madara. We did the video about her getting the all clear. So basically, Daisy's results, which. First and foremost, I was speaking to her, like at that point, her mum and dad were in a good place because they'd had a phone call from the hospital initially given the results, which basically said that. So the cancer in her neck, either side of her lymph nodes here in her neck, both, the big lump on her chest, the two bits in her lung, the one under the armpit, all gone, all gone without one side effect for Daisy. Okay, there was just... There's, there's something called an SUV test when you're going for cancer, which again, by the way, is a newish way that they test for cancer. So not loads and loads of years of, of studies to, to back up their claims, but on the SUV test, it showed up that there was a 2.4% activity on the one on the chest which is basically like getting a 99, it's like your fucking COVID survival rate, 99.97 all clear, she got. Now in that same phone call, after giving the mum and dad those results, immediately, it was the mum that was on the phone, shout out to, to you as well, I've been back and forth with her all day today, what an incredible woman she is. Um, so the doctor, she said they didn't even, like, it wasn't even delivered, like, as in, you know, how, how if I was a doctor, I'd be like, oh, my God, I won't say her name, um, Susie, Susie, great news, Daisy is 99.97% all clear, which, in layman's, is all clear, that class is as all clear, that can be stopped at that point. Then what they did, well, like I said, so that's not how it was delivered. 
it was delivered in a very monotone way with immediately, immediately on the same phone call, them saying, and to cover their tracks. In fact, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to try and remember everything they've done over the last couple of weeks, which if you've seen her first part of her story, which again, I've missed loads of stuff on these stories of exactly what this family have been through. But I'm going to cover everything. Everything I'm going to tell you tonight is what I've literally just been hearing from the mum and that and the dad who are now in absolute agonising fear, uncertainty. Daisy, bless her, is in a really... After last week where she'd been in such a bad way because of this phone call, I managed to have a session with her. She told me then she felt much better, much more focused. She's back literally days. I'm going to disclose it. That girl for the last three days has been having panic attacks that she's never, ever suffered um, with her whole life. Panic attacks where she's seizuring on the floor, banging her head off the floor, grunting noises, just completely lost it. That's where Daisy is right fucking now. Right? Why? Because on that phone call, when they gave him that good news, immediately, immediately said, we recommend, oh, sorry, the bit they covered their backs with. So they said, when they gave all the measurements of, no, it, initially, they wouldn't give any of the measurements. So when they gave all the all clear, but then when, but we recommend a further surgery, the mum went, but, but why? But why? Why would you recommend? You've just told us, basically, in your own words, it's basically an all clear. Why would you recommend further surgery at this point? And they went on to say, well, in one of the areas, there's still a two on the SUV reader, we'll call it. There's an activity of 2.4%, but just there is a 10% error margin that we take into consideration. So basically, it could be completely wrong and she's absolutely fine. So they now are recommending a further four months of a much more aggressive chemotherapy with radiotherapy at the end and guaranteeing in that same phone call saying, I know she was lucky this time. This is her mum. This is verbatim what I'm telling you. Imagine that the doctor saying, I know she was lucky this time with side effects, but she will be hospitalized with severe side effects off the back of this next treatment. And bear in mind, that started with a recommendation. The first thing they said, we recommend. So, of course, at that point, the mum's gone, well, you can stick your recommendation up your backside at this point. Like, we just want to enjoy the fact that we've just been told that she's basically all clear. To which then the doctor turned around and said, and this was on a Monday. You'll know, because if you watch my videos... Of it, uh, I know it was, I can't remember if it was on my channel or this channel. Either way, if you watch the video when I'm saying just Daisy just got the all clear today, um, finally got the results, she'd had that on the Monday and they said, we want her in on Wednesday for a meeting at nine o'clock in the morning and at 9.30, we want her to start this treatment, this treatment for another four months, which is a so-called recommendation. Remember, that's the wording they used. This is a recommendation. Not compulsory. The recommendation doesn't mean compulsory, does it? Doesn't mean you're obligated. It's a recommendation. And, and, and guys, with the when it comes to cancer as well, if you've never been through it, they'll ask you all these questions. Anyone in your family been through it? They'll invite you every day if they have to. And when it's done against insurance, I've seen the insurance claims. 
they will claim for every single time you come in, for every tablet they give you, they claim for everything. So just, and they also claim four times the amount of what the actual RRP is to the person. So even the insurance people are all in on this. And again, I've seen it. There's, I've worked with many people now that can actually show this. I've got, I've got someone who's, who believes that his sister was killed, the whole documents of everything, and Medazalam was in there too. So this stuff is real. And, and I also just wanted to highlight the way that we're explaining this is exactly the way it's been told and the way it's happened. Like, you obviously know what our biases are, but we're not doing this to persuade people. We're actually saying this is exactly what happened. Let go of your ego and just like, does that sound right to you? And then you connect all the other dots and then you can start taking that into life as well. If it doesn't make sense, there's something inside you saying that to you. So it, it's, I think it's a really important way to start looking at things. And put Daisy as your child, as your niece, as your granddaughter, as your sister, as your cousin, whatever. Imagine that's your 15-year-old that's just been on that journey. Like I said, go and watch if you've not seen the other two videos we've done on Daisy and all the disingenuous, blatant lies that <clears throat> they've had to endure from these doctors. Same bunch as well. Oh, my God, I just remember something else you talked about. Right, so anyways, where, um, what was I just saying before that, Hazard? Oh, yeah, so it's under a recommendation. They want to get her in literally two days after giving her the, the good news for four months' worth of much more aggressive chemotherapy with all of a sudden now radiotherapy at the end and a guarantee that she needs to be hospitalized because of the side effects of the damage that these treatments will do. She's given that information under a recommendation. So the parents, I imagine how the parents are feeling. They've just had that doctor almost begrudging, in a mum's words, begrudgingly give me the news that made me so ecstatic as a mother and so much relief to straight away. She said he got a lot more passionate in the phone call when he started talking about the, the need for urgency of this recommendation of this treatment. So the parents, of course, have... Have said at that point, no, we'll get back to you on this. But of course, regardless of how strong they are as people, and this is what the mum said to me today, and it's heartbreaking to hear this. Because I said to her, you know, what's your heart telling you? And she's saying, do you know what, James? My heart is telling me what you're telling me. But the problem is, is they create this. You won't, without saying it, we know better than you, and you won't live with yourself if you don't listen to us about your little girl. That's the fucking message they make sure they infuse to, to the parents. I've, again, I've been involved in cancer with people for eight years. I've seen this happen many, many times. None as bad as this. Daisy's the first child this age that I've ever worked with at this age. So this is the first I've ever seen it with a child. And it's a different setup with a child because someone a minute ago said, Marnet asked about consent. And there's, there's different legislations, not laws, that are involved with children, as Harry said earlier, about them all being in cahoots. As you know from the previous videos, bear in mind, social services have already been involved in Daisy's situation, gone to the house, met him at the hospital, come round and compared Daisy questioning the side effects, comparing them to fucking the, the side effects on a hay fever tablet pamphlet. That's what the social security, uh, social services compared her questioning the fucking chemo side effects. Oh yeah, but you know, it's the same with 
Hayfield. Yeah, I kid you not. This is all in that. And there's so much more. But anyway, so she's... The, the parents have then backed away. Hospital, back to how it was before. On them every day. Ringing them, ringing them. When you're bringing her in, when you're bringing... And the mum's saying, listen, I'm not bringing her in on Wednesday. I'm not bringing her in on Wednesday. What I need from you... So this is what the mum and dad have asked for the hospital. Okay? Is, can you provide me any assurities that this treatment will work? No. No. Flat out no. What's their, what, what is their go-to? But it's a me medical recommendation. Okay, can you provide me any case studies, any evidence of someone Daisy's age that's gone through these, these, these next four months after already what she's gone through and what, how the results were for that? 15-year-old, 16-year-old, 17-year-old, whatever, 14-year-old. No, none. So all the family are doing is saying, before we take any make any decision, can you give us anything at this point to make us feel a bit more confident that we're not just handing our daughter over to what you have told us is a damaging treatment that she will need to be hospitalised for, which they've told her this time she will need fertility fucking injections because there's a good chance this one will make her infertile. This is what they're telling them. But they won't give them nothing, not one bit of a shot. Why? Because they haven't got any. They've got none. And this goes back to our statistics that we always chuck out, which is an official statistic. Cancer treatments from the mainstream medicine community, 96% of the time are totally ineffective. 100% of the time are damaging. Every time they do damage to the human body, to the human immune system. Every single time. That's a guarantee. I've seen, I've seen cadavers where you cut open the human body and you can see where people have had radiation or you can see where they've been blasted because the tissues and all the fascia and stuff is just black. It's like all, it's like burnt coal after the fire's gone out. That's like the gristle and stuff inside the body. So it, it has massive effects. So that's been going on for a few days. Obviously Daisy has been, if you've seen my recent video about Daisy, so I, I did a video, video about Daisy after our last session where I said, thankfully, Daisy, I had a good session with Daisy. She's come back around uh, again to just feeling like she's got a bit of control back in, in what's going on. Uh, and then I did a video very recently after that saying that actually Daisy's sort of slipped back and you can totally understand why, into a state of fear and panic because of what's actually been going on. She's gone from the elated, oh my God, everything's gone great and I've, I've, I'm sort of at the end of it to immediately, my God, they want to, put me in for another four months of something that is way more serious and definitely going to cause me side effects. So she's in a bad, bad way. The parents are trying to buy time, like I said, by just trying to get some sort of evidence of any sort to say, can you please back up why you're recommending this? Why are you recommending this? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So what happens? Daisy... They go, so, um, hold on, let's get my day. So today's Monday. Last week, okay, last week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Let me get my days right because it was after our session. 
So last week, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. The parents didn't tell me this, okay, and this, this isn't my business and this isn't my, I've got, I'm not going to have an opinion on this. But because of the harassment and because, again, of the, the subtle threats of social services that are being brought up again by the doctors, and this is how I'm going to tell you today what the mum actually endured with four doctors and five nurses where she was brought into that meeting, sat in the middle of them, what, what they actually went at this woman with, which will, it will sound unbelievable. It will, I know it will, but this is the sort of shit that goes on. So, James, just quickly, quickly, can you um, just explain maybe in one or two sentences your experience with social services? Okay, so the reason, as Harry's pointed out, is I, I, was, I was able to prepare this family about how social services work is because, unfortunately, someone I worked with, not the person, the person actually had a really good result, but their loved one, and again, I don't even blame them. I don't think this is how people, you know, are so cognitive, dissonanced, out of fear, contacted the police and the social services over my work with people uh, with cannabis oil. And I'll never forget that day for the rest of my life, the day my wife phoned me in tears. Social services on the phone, we're coming round. Um, there's a good chance we're going to need to take your children to interview children. It's fucking horrific, horrific. I, I just couldn't believe. Now, at that point, I'd studied common law over the stuff that I needed to take on previously, the courts, which was for something totally different. But even with that common law knowledge, in that moment, I, I folded. I just was, what is going on? I just left to go home to work. But my experience was, is they purposefully induce fear into you and they come at you that you're already guilty of whatever it is that's their but and they do it in such a subtle way such a subtle way horrible ask to look at your kids ask to lift up their tops and all the rest of it to see if there's any it's horrible it's they contact the head their my, my uh, son's headmistress at the time contacted our local gp contacted the local police station basically trying to find out if there's any evidence that we're abusing our children. Long story short. So does that suffice? Yeah, I think that's it's fine. It's just worst time of your life though, wasn't it? Well, you know. You know, bruv. That, that, that was the first time as a dad I'd ever realised, oh my God, someone can come and take my child. Like, and to make it worse, they do it with a piece of paper that we celebrated as parents, the fucking birth certificate, because our signatures are on there, that's how they can take my child. That was a big eye-opener, and that got me back into common law, funnily enough. So, yeah, worst time, worse than prison, worse than the abuse I enjoyed as a child. That's how bad it was. Way worse. What it done to me in that moment was worse than the 27 years that I tucked away that abuse that I went through. Swear on my children. That's how bad... It is. And parents out there will read that will resonate. You know, to think that someone can come and take your kids legally as well, fucking legally, is disgusting. But yeah, so that that's how I knew. And that's why Harry was even on the phone call with me when I prepared the parents for the social services. Why? Because obviously Harry was doing the work as well 
with the people he's been doing work with, which is going to be relevant to this conversation and relevant to what happens next with Daisy's story as well. So Harry was there when I told it. Do you remember, do you remember just how the, the, yeah, it just completely killed him. I mean, we couldn't see him. It was on a phone call, but right. you felt, sorry, go on, mate. It was just pure silence. It was horrible, wasn't it? You could feel all of the energy drained out of the room and replaced with fear. And the worst thing was, I knew exactly how they was feeling at that point. Exactly. And they just, it hadn't been brought into their, uh, their reality at that point. It hadn't been like that. It was, they just couldn't, do you remember I kept saying, no, John, I've given his dad's name plenty of times. John, they can, they can take her. Like, so yeah, so that's social services. That's how they fucking work. Um, so yeah, so anyway, so they, so as I said, the family didn't tell me, but out of fear, not that Daisy wanted to either, but again, bless Daisy's beautiful little heart because she's also catering for the situation she knows her parents are in. They've agreed to this treatment, right? So they've agreed to this treatment. How brave of that, a brave is that little girl as well? So this is what happens. They go up the first day. They're told, you, you get in at one o'clock, the treatment will start by latest two o'clock and you'll be out by about five o'clock. They get there nice and early that day. Obviously Daisy, I was, the mum said Daisy was petrified. She was trying to do her breathing and her meditation, but she was, as she said, she, James, she was literally shaking. She was petrified. She was, it was one of the most difficult things she's ever had to do. Take her door there with that fear, but she was still facing up to it. Now, Daisy has a few, um, what's the right word? Uh, oh, sorry, mate, my head's gone. What's it called when you've got um, conditions? To agree to it, she was like, right, first and foremost, I only want to see, and you can understand as a 15-year-old, the nurses that have been nice to me so far, the ones that I'm used to when I go there. I want to see them nurses and only them nurses. So, yeah, 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 we made sure that it's all arranged so they're on shift. I don't want to see the doctor who misdiagnosed me for months, who's still worming his way involved into this for some unknown... Again, even that, I don't understand why this man still, like, you're out of fucking picture, yet he's still insisting to, to get involved in, in this girl's treatment. And she said, I don't want to see him. I'll come up. And so these are the conditions that the parents have pushed at the hospital. Uh, and another thing, Daisy never wants to see. One thing in our sessions, I've never, ever, ever once in a session said to Daisy about her having cancer. We've never once, not once has that ever come up. It's been something that we've agreed without even saying that it's a label that you're not going to live with and this is how you're always going to focus. So she took that into her treatments that whatever treatment I have, I never want to see it. Cover it. Don't care how, put a fucking one of them curtains up, but I don't want to see the treatment. You can knock me out and then you can do it. But I don't want to see the treatment. Why? Because you can understand as a 15-year-old girl, she's not a little, little child. She's got an idea of what these treatments are and the damage they do and she just don't want, doesn't want to visually accept that. So again, it's not, it's not much to ask, is it? Make sure the nurses are the ones. Sorry, go on, mate. James has always said about, like, Daisy was his biggest teacher. 
And if you just listen to what she just said then, if you don't like something, don't give it any attention. It's a powerful thing. We can change the way and the things that we look at quite quickly, like in an instant. So it's like, let's give ourselves the attention of the things that we do want out of life. Definitely my biggest teacher. Bravest person I've ever met in my life. So that, that was, there was a, um, more will come to me, I'm sure, as the story goes on. But anyway, so that was the conditions. Quite simple. Yeah. Nice nurses, the ones that I've been, I've been used to and have been nice to me. The doctor, don't want to see that doctor. There's no need to see that doctor. And just cover the medicine. When I go in there, because you have to understand, they come in with big, scary fucking, when she described it to me. Yeah, it's like something out of a movie. It really is. And you can imagine for a little girl, that's what it feels like. And it just feels like a complete negative environment for that little girl, which is what it was and what it is. So anyway, they turn up the first day, get there early, go in. Um, medicine's not been ordered. You're going to have to stay to what they did. And this is what they did. They put the fucking big line into her, big line into her. So that at that point, she has to stay. And then... Um, the mum said, literally, five minutes later, after that, they'd been waiting around already, because apparently the doctor wasn't there. That was another thing. The doctor wasn't there. The, the, the doctor that was supposed to be there wasn't there. So, oh, and that's another thing. So was, that's, when she got there, that was the first bit of information they was given. We're really sorry. The doctor that we'd said was agreed, the one that you, you wanted, not here. So straight away, the mum said, Daisy went... You could see she was just, she went white. She went into panic mode. She was really scared, but she was sticking with it. Mum was saying, you know, just breathe for it. Don't worry. We're, you know, we're going to get, we'll get another doctor just as nice. So, and that's what she said as well. So the nurse was like, but come on, we, we need to get this moving. We need, she said the whole time, every day, which I'm about to explain, the three days running, what they did to this girl and her mum and her family. Every time they'd get in and it was rush, rush, rush. So she gets in put the pick line in so at that point she has to stay now because they've just put that in and they've got to do all the flushings through and get it ready they tell her five minutes later we're really sorry that the doctor uh, is now uh, not going to be there the one that was supposed to be there so Daisy's in the shit state now but she's got to stay she just had this put in the mum's working with her they take her into the room and all of the medicines and machines uncovered just right she said James it was like they was cocooned around the bed almost like it had been and I'm not saying they've done this on purpose but I'm telling you exactly what this mum has told me today so again Daisy's gone into a panic mode she has a panic attack at this point like screaming at mum why why we said that we weren't going to see them but complete panic attack mum's trying to calm her down nurses are just literally sewing uncompassionate, totally no empathy whatsoever, still encouraging, we've got to get this moving, we've got to get this moving. So, and then to be told, sorry, oh, the medication, that was it, the medicine hasn't arrived. So the machines were there, but there was no actual medicine. The actual medicine wasn't there. Hadn't been ordered. Hadn't been ordered. So from one o'clock until five o'clock, she was in this room in a state of total fear, total fucking fear, waiting for this medicine to arrive, okay? It didn't turn up. It didn't fucking turn up. The whole day didn't turn up. So the mum insisted, I'm taking her on. 
Daisy that night, massive panic attack. Can't sleep up until five in the morning. And again, think of what this is doing. For those of you out there that understand, and this is a fact, when you're in a state of panic on fight or flight, the syndrome, what your brain does, it triggers a chemical which is full of neopeptides, which literally attack your own system. So that's what Daisy's now enduring. She's gone from being in control the whole time up until this point, getting all clear, putting up with everything that they've thrown at her. But now she's cracked and fucking understandably so. So she's gone home, panicking, not slept. The following day. Just quickly, James, as well, guys, just to even, even if you didn't know the story and you've just heard that one, like again, remove all your ego. You can see that none of this is set up to help people. Like the pressure, the, the lack of organization, the times are always off. And this is not, again, this story. This is always, always the case. They say that if any loved one gets cancer, don't let them do all the paperwork and stuff. And don't, there needs to be a, like a PA for them because they mess you around, they make you late, they forget the medicine, they'll send you home and then call you straight back again. All of this does is fear. Can you imagine if it was all organized? They listened to the instructions. Then they said, look, we've even done this for you as well. We know you like this. None of that. They don't talk to Daisy. They not once have had a conversation with her. Next day, told to come up at the same time. They ask, where? Is the medication ready? Yeah, 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 the medication's ready. They turn up the next day. They're going two hours early. They're going at 11 o'clock because the mum wanted to have a meeting. Oh, and that's the other thing. They wanted to know if that doctor was going to be in that day. Yes, yes, definitely in today. Definitely in today, 100%. Um, because they wanted to come and have a meeting with him and speak to him first to prep him to make sure that what had happened the day before was definitely, definitely, definitely not going to happen again. Okay? They turn up a couple of hours early. Doctor's not there. I'm sorry he's been called away. What do you mean he's been called away? This was the time, like, he was going to be coming in for this meeting. Yet we're really sorry he's been called away. You'd have to wait for him to, to come around. 12 o'clock. An hour's gone by. Still no doctor. 1 o'clock. This is the time where she's meant to be getting prepped for the medication. So, again, she's having another panic attack in the hospital. Imagine how the mum's feeling at this point as well. Imagine the poor dad who's not allowed because of COVID, is not allowed to go into the hospital. He's outside in the car. Bless him. He's outside in the car, not knowing what's going on. There's no signal in that part of the hospital. And they're told, as you know, they put the signs up. Oh, you're not allowed to use your phone anyway. And the mum's saying, James, there's no signal. I couldn't even message it. Couldn't even message it. So he's sitting outside in the car. They're to drive a long way into London from where they live for this as well. Get, getting her prep for the medication. Guess what? The medicine's not there again. Unheard of. I, you couldn't write this stuff. Not there. Oh, no, we placed the order. It's meant to be coming in from somewhere else. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Doctor's not there. Medicine's not there. And again, it's still, though, that sense of it's on its way because, of course, at that point, the mum just wants to get her out there. She just wants to take her home, just get her out again. No, 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 it's on the way. Being told the whole time it's on the way, okay? 
They were sitting there for another three hours. Daisy's had another panic attack at this stage as well. She's in bits. And I'm going to disclose it. She's having full seizure panic attacks. She's banging her head off of the floor. She's grunting, making noises. That's how fucking scared this girl is now. And up until this point, this girl's been so brave. Like, so brave and so in control of everything. But this is where, this is what is taken, where they've taken this girl to. So the mum, the mum said to me, she said, James, if it wasn't my daughter and I was experiencing this, like, I would think there's a serious issue wrong with this girl. She said, it's my daughter. I'm trying to hold her. Uh, my husband's outside. I can't reach it. And the fucking nurses and the doctors in this place are so, they're just, it's like they're switched off. Absolutely switched off. So anyway, Daisy gets into such a state, the medicine turns up, three or four hours have gone past, but she's in such a state that she cannot physically stay still now. For So they bring in that medicine with all the bags and all the rest of it, it comes and it gets hung, hung up. But again, the mum insists, can't do it today, not happening today, we're taking her home. So go home that night. Same thing, Daisy's having panic attack after panic attack. She's not sleeping throughout the whole night. So again, we're now two nights, she's not even slept. We know as adults how it feels after one night when you don't sleep. You're fucked. You're, your perception of everything goes, just goes. You, all you yearn to do is to shut down so that you can reach. It's a natural body function as well. You just want to shut down. And this girl's going through these motions in her mind of what's got. And again, same thing at home throwing full-on panic attacks, banging their head off of things, rolling around on the floor. And now, imagine this. Now, because she's so out of it, she's turning on her parents. And when I say turn on, she's, she's losing trust now in her parents. Like, why, why are you doing this to me? Imagine that as a parent. You're now faced with that. When you would take every part of that cancer out of that child and quite easily take it on board yourself you'd die for your fucking kids you would you would and then you've got her there saying that to you like knowing that oh my god that's my little girl and look what they've done to her and look what i'm now having to deal with they take her up the next day the following day so this is the third day the third fucking day so the way that the, the medicine works is this particular type of medicine is once they've put the bags up and they've popped in the pipes and all the rest of it that can't be used. That has to be thrown away. Obviously, it's broken the seals and all the rest of it. It needs to be thrown away. They turn up the following day. Again, gone into the room. No medicine covered. The same bag. The mum's so vigilant. The same bags from the day before. They hadn't even bothered to take down and get rid of. So she has to sit there on the bed while they're taking down those bags, putting up the new bags, like seeing this all happen as well, okay? And then someone comes in at this point, a nurse, and does a temperature check in Daisy's ear. Now twice, this is all relevant, twice she pressed the button, and of course the mum at this point is watching every little move they make, everything they're doing. She's asking why, which she would do anyway, but especially after going through what she's gone through. Daisy's just in 
in absolute fear. Anytime she said, anytime someone came nearer to touch her, she would just be shaking and just pulling away. Just, and her mum had to keep saying, come on, Daisy, let, let's get through this. So twice she tried to shoot her temperature in her ear and twice an error message came up. And her mum saw it as well. Then on the third time, she shot into her ear and the temperature said, oh, bearing in mind as well, sorry, they're just before this temperature check, by the way, there'd been another panic attack because Daisy'd been sitting there watching them change the meds. This is how many panic attacks this girl was having. Now, full on panic attacks. She just had a panic attack because she'd just seen them changing the medicine. And she's saying to her mum, like, you know, she's screaming, why are they doing this to me? Why are they doing this to me, mum? You can imagine what that's like being there, knowing then you still ain't even started this fucking treatment that you don't even want to be doing in the first place. So the third time the, she shot her with a temperature gun in the ear, it came up, came up as 38.1. And for those of out there who understand what that means, you are then at a very dangerously high temperature all of a sudden. So the nurse has gone, that's strange. And um, her mum's gone, well... There was just two error messages before that. Like, is there a chance that the machine's faulty? So the, the nurse went, okay, well, let's do another t temperature check under her tongue. Done the temperature check under her tongue, 36.6. So actually showing she's fine. Her temperature's fine. Okay, there's a relevance to this because this is how the police get called. So at that point, the doctor, the doctor who... who if you've seen my other videos, I want to say doctor who's an oncologist who was in the one of the, in the same hospital in a different department. This was the man that when a, an argument kicked off with Daisy sitting in the bed with the oncologist, her mum, her dad had been taken to a different part of the hospital who's panicking trying to find his family. Daisy's thinking, where's my dad? Where's my dad? The mum's arguing with the oncologist and the oncologist turns round into Daisy's face off the back of something the mum has said and said because if you don't she will die to Daisy's face right in her face so from that point Daisy had dismissed that man never wanted to him around her uh, there's her dad ringing me now uh, oh fuck that's her dad ringing me now You can finish it though, mate, because we've got 10 minutes until your session. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just, I don't want to decline it though. Let it ring out. I don't want to decline it. It's rung out. Okay. <sighs> what was I just saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the oncologist, this oncologist that has, has been told, don't fucking come near this girl. Don't come near this. From that point on, they didn't even want an apology. She was just like, and it was, that was the first time when he did that. Bless her little heart. She said, James, I was so scared. But that was the first time she used her voice in that situation. And she said, enough. I'm here. Like a little girl at 15 that she said, I was more scared than ever after what he just said. But I had to say something. And she all like said, get out, get out. So anyway, he fucking just, so now Daisy's been prepped for the medicine. She's had, to, she's had another panic attack. She just had this weird stuff happening with her temperature being raised and the, the nurse saying what's going on and all this, and then having her, again, all these things, can you imagine what this is doing to this little girl's mind and her mum, what it's doing to their mind? Then out of the fucking blue, this doctor and the mum just said, James, I kid you not, it was like this. So at this time, the curtains are pulled, just sticks his head 
through the curtain and goes, hey, Daisy. Literally said, James, just like that. Daisy full on went berserk. Berserk. Pulled everything out. Just went into a full on absolute fit. Mum's grabbed her. Dad this time has come in. It's all, it's just so amazing how these things actually on this day, because obviously the dad now knows what's happened the previous two days. The dad comes in to the hospital and insists he gets in as well while this is all kicking off. And th th at this point, um, and he said her name, the mum said she, she'd managed to get Daisy off the machine, nor is the, the pit line still in her. She said the blood was shoot, had shot all over Daisy's arm, all over her face, all over her fucking body. Bless her, little girl. So she's now covered in blood as well. She's managed to get Daisy out to, to, to the hall. And she's telling like, that she's having a full-on rant, the mum, at the doctor. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Why would you do that? Blah, 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 and all the, which you can tell, like, it just doesn't make sense. This story, does, me telling you this story, if I didn't, if the mum didn't tell me, I'd think, no way. There's no way all these things. And this is nothing, like all this other stuff has happened over this year that you'll see in the other videos. There's so many more of these examples. Why is this happening to this little girl? She gets her outside, she gives the, uh, and she said there's, literally, there's four doctors standing right outside the door with five nurses. She said it was like a weird situation. We walked into this sort of semicircle of doctors. The dad was there. So she said, right, we're going to the car. And this is where it gets really fucking twisted, right? If you think it's been twisted so far. So the nurse, the main nurse, who's been a bitch, most of the time that they've been there, this is the one who's always been put, no, we've got to get this moving. We've got always the pushing, the rushing. We've got to get this moving. Has completely changed her attitude. Oh, Susie, Susie, please don't, don't, don't. Listen, get Daisy to the car with her dad. We've just been having a chat. Once you get her to the car, please come back for two minutes. She, the mum said, James, uh, uh, in this moment of panic, she seemed like a genuine place of calm and clarity, and sincerity. So she said she was in two minds, but she got Daisy, but bear in mind, this is how quick this happened. Daisy still got blood all over. And those would be saying, oh yeah, they wouldn't let her out. This is how fucked up this situation was. They knew they'd fucked up at this stage anyway. Daisy still got all blood all over. She's being taken out to the car by the dad and the mum, gone out there. Mum's calmed down and said, I'm just going back in to the hospital because obviously the mum wants to know What's, what's been discussed. She goes back into hospital. She said, James, they took me into the office. They had a chair, sat down like in the middle, but she said, oh, my battery. As soon as I walked into the office, she went, I saw the chair, and she said it was the same. Four doctors, the, two of them were sitting down, the other two was either side, and the other, the nurses were either side, and they wanted me to sit in the middle. I said, no, thank you, I'm going to stand by the door. They then went on to say to her, we have medically recommended that you're... Oh, yeah, that's another part I've missed. So off the back of that temperature thing in her ear, remember I said about that, saying 38.1, but then her mouth temperature being 36.6, which is normal, okay? What they've done, they recorded the 38.1 temperature and said to the mum... Earlier on, we recorded a 38.1% temperature reading, which means your daughter is in a very dangerous state, and we feel 
If you take her home, she could die. On my children's lap, why would her mum tell me this? She could die. So, we are medically recommending that you bring your daughter back in here now, and she's got to be hospitalised for the next two days. And if you don't, we're going to call the police. So at that point, Susie lost it. Mum lost it. She went, and shout out to the mum, like full mum warrior mode. Literally, and she's not, the. I, this woman is a lovely, humble Polish woman with them, I've got Polish friends, and I've met these Polish mums. They're just the most wonderfully humble, polite, proper women that I've ever experienced. But she, she full mum worry mode. She absolutely lost it. Told them what she thought. Told them she's never going to bring her daughter back there. Takes her daughter home. She walks out to the car. Daisy's having a full-on panic attack with the dad, John, in the car. Full-on panic attack. Again, of course... Still got blood on her face and her neck. They've wiped some of it off, but she still had blood all over. She still had to close the fucking thing on from the hospital. That's how quick everything happened for when this doctor... Sorry, did you want to say something, mate? Just a quick one as well, like the progression of the parents, because James keeps talking about the mum going into warrior mode. This is new for her. It's like she's just stepped into this because last time round, they weren't prepared, they weren't aware. They've never been through it before. And really, I would say, naive. This is why we do these talks, is... We may go into that situation, but with this information now, you're prepared. So she's asking questions and she's now losing her rag too. But this is a new role for her. So obviously just doing that is the unknown as well. Bang on. So, yeah, she goes back to the car. She sits in the back, literally restraining Daisy with hugs the whole way home. Get her home, clean her up. She's just still, again, complete... She's not slept, so she's completely, she's in a state of delirium. She's, she's delirious, completely delirious. She's scared out of her wits, okay? The only place she'll be in the house is in her bedroom. She's not even letting every, everyone in at the moment. Like, she's not, she's just, she's gone into a state of shock. 10 o'clock that night, there's a knock on the door. Outside, Daisy can see, fucking flashing blue lights, the police. Police have turned up at her house at her mum and dad's 10 o'clock that evening. Of course, set off another panic attack. Gone into full fucking panic mode. Mum and dad are, of course, having to answer the door to the police. So she said, and this is the mum. There's an appointed part to this. I don't normally speak to the mum this much because she's normally always with Daisy. I'm normally speaking with the dad. But unfortunately, this has had such an effect on her dad at the moment. He couldn't even talk to me. So I'm talking to the mum. She's telling me what happens next. So the police knock and she said, James, initially, she said it was just a horrible, fearful attitude that they were like, a uh, forceful attitude, sorry, that they was receiving from the police. It was a woman and a man. And they said, right, we've been told to come here. Basically, literally the hospital would phone the police and made out that, as God as my witness, like I said, because even what the police say next is really interesting, made out that her mum and dad are abusive parents, they're negligent, that it's, it's basically them misleading their daughter into not taking a treatment that's going to save her life. Blah, blah, like really, really painted an 
awful picture of the mum and dad. Really, really awful picture. The mum said she could have just broke, but she held firm and she, and she just explained. She said, I just explained what I thought of them as a mum would do in that situation. And she said the total demeanour of the officers changed. And imagine this, and this is, this is where there's little shining bits of light in this story, okay? So the female officer, she went, I've got to tell you, before we turned up here, we didn't know what we was going to walk into because of the report that had been put forward about you and your family, specifically you, the mother. She went, we've actually got people on backup just in case because of the way this report looked. This is what the policewoman's saying to the mum in case it really kicked off here this evening. She went, look, I have to follow this up. So can you please... Because what they'd reported was that 38.1 temperature. They'd not mentioned that after that, Daisy had had three more temperature checks, which all showed she was 36.6. Totally fine. They'd only told the police about the 38.1. So they said, can you please go and provide us? No, they asked initially, would your daughter come down so we can, take her like, we can see that you take her temperature in front of us? This is what they were asking. So the mum said, she's not going to come down. She's having a panic attack now up there. Right? And she's got a sister, Daisy, a little sister, who's at home experiencing this as well. Can you imagine what that's doing to her? So the, the policewoman has said, right, do you mind then going and getting the reading and bringing it down and showing us the, uh, the temperature? So of course the mum's got to go upstairs, take the temperature, run down quick to show them, and it was 36.5. At that point, imagine this, the woman said to the policewoman said to her, she said, you know what makes this really, really personal for me is I had at Daisy's age what Daisy's got. And when I read the report of what I was walking into, she said, I was so scared for your daughter, but I've, I've arrived here and you're just lovely people. So that was the first, at that point, the mum did break. Because obviously you can imagine how that would have felt after all, you've got the police there now, which is what they threatened to do, these, these, these doctors at the hospital. But that was the one bit of solace in those last three days and 72 hours, what they'd experienced as a family. So the police have now uh, have basically left. And I spoke, that brings you up to speed now, basically with what's been going on with Daisy. And I spoke to the mum, today and I said to you how you didn't know I said do you know what it's the first time like me and Harry have said this a lot we've said that when you you hear me saying this all the time on my own channel when it's your truth it's not you're not responsible for how anybody else receives it anybody for it to be a truth it has to be that true so in no matter what situation Whoever it is you're with, if it's, you're put into a situation where you have to disclose your truth, someone asks you and you know you have to tell it, you can't bottle it. You've just got to say it as it is. And the first time, it was interesting because I'd, well, I'm going to be completely honest. Did the family know how tight me and Harry are? So I actually sent, I, I, the reason I knew, I was with a client 
and I knew something had, was was amiss because I, a, a mess a WhatsApp message popped up because prior to all this happening, early on today, I had no no idea that any of this had been going on. All I'd been in the world of was last time I spoke to Daisy. Thank goodness. <clears throat> in the session we'd managed to pull it round and she was in a much better place again so I was really looking forward to tonight mon as Daisy calls it Mindful Monday so that's a, so to get a 4 minute 22 second message from the dad I knew something weren't right so that's I listened to that message where and I shared that message with you didn't I so this is the thing actually I'm going to use that because it's a good reference point you heard what I've said maybe some of the stuff I've said is I've gone into more detail but you heard it from him didn't you from the dad John. Even if you just watch the way James explains, there's no stuffing or anything. He's completely in flow and he's kept the story all the way through. Like that's truth. Like that's you can't it's harder to make that stuff up because you have to think about it. Yeah. But this is the thing, guys, this is life. Like the people that moan at me about all oh, the vaccines and stuff, it's like no, it goes way beyond that. It's like these things are happening and people uninformed making choices that they didn't even know that they had another choice and people die from it. So, oh yeah, so basically, like I said, because again, this might, I understand if someone, well, even someone watches now might say, God, James, you was out of line here for what I did. But like I said, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, try to be as much as I'm not perfect I'm flawed in many ways but if I'm going to sit on fucking Instagram and talk about truth and oh you doesn't matter how people receive your truth then that's the same for me and a big mirror came up for me and I spoke to my wife I said listen I played my wife the message from John I said now you've heard that this is what I'm going to say to these people and she went it's brave but I understand why so I've never ever ever once in the eight years i've been working with anyone with cancer told them what i would do and this is what i this is my truth to you and this is what i feel you should do never have i done that i've shared information I've shared information and that's it nothing else i love daisy i've said this to harry i fucking love this girl like she's she's made me a better she's made me a better dad by just working with this girl. So when, um, when I spoke to that, uh, I, I arranged, I messaged the dad back, I explained that I'm in, I'm in a session with a client. So I can't talk right now, but I'll call you as soon as I can. And uh, so when I phoned him, and he answered, I said, is, and like I said, I don't normally, I don't normally talk to the mum. Like I do every now and again, but she's normally always with Daisy. So I normally talk to the dad, um, which is why I'm comfortable enough to say his name because he knows I've talked about him on other shows where I've been on trying to promote Daisy's story so that people look into this stuff for themselves. Um, so, uh, uh, so yes, so John come on the phone. I said, listen, can you get Susie? And she, he was like, okay. I said, can you put me on speaker? Uh, so he put me on speaker and basically, first of all, I just asked him a simple question. Because one of the things I asked, when, when the dad, when John told me about the phone call that the mum had taken when they'd got the good news, when they'd said, like, James did that, and, he, and again, even when he was relaying it to me, before he told me, 
the fucking dirty punchline. He wanted to be ex- excited and enthusiastic. He's like, James, the lump here is gone. Like the lump of le- ne- uh, chest is gone. The lymph nodes, like it's all gone, James. Like, and then when he went on to tell me what they then said about recommending four months worth of more aggressive treatment, this time adding radiotherapy, this time guaranteeing that she'd have to be hospitalized for side effects. The first thing that my, my soul screamed with every ounce of my being, but I didn't say it to him was, Tell them to fucking stop. Give her a break. Give this fucking girl a break. Just give her some time. Like, has any... But what I said to dad was, has anyone asked Daisy how she feels at this point about maybe having a break from the treatment? Because they said it was a recommendation, remember? So has anyone actually said to Daisy, do you know, because Daisy's very up to speed. She's, she's, not, she's known the measurements. She's known everything. She, we, it's just that me and her never spoke about it. But I know she did because I speak, I speak to the dad all the time. And he told me just how much she was researching herself into healing herself with the stuff that we was doing together. Just she was looking at everything. So um, anyway, today, when, when I was on speaker, I asked him a question. I just said, listen, in your heart of hearts, do you feel your little girl is in danger at the moment? And the mum answered, in my heart of hearts, I don't. But in my mind, the ego, I'm scared of making the wrong decision that I won't live with. Totally understandable, right? Totally understandable. But at this stage, it's quite a critical stage, what's going on currently <clears throat> in this little girl's life. So I just pushed a little bit more. I said, okay, so as a mum, how did this journey start for Daisy with cancer actually being diagnosed with cancer? First thing she said, we'd had misdiagnosed her for the best part of a year, but I knew there was something wrong. I said, right, Susie, you knew. What do you know now? And she said, no, James, I know. My heart is saying, I know that... I just don't want to put back in the environment. And I just said to her, I said, listen, I love your daughter. I'm now going to tell you, if Daisy was my daughter, I'd give her a fucking break. I wouldn't put her back there. I'd go up to her now, with your husband, as mother and father, because right now you've told me, almost they've almost taken that trust away a bit, because Daisy, I mean, she's not slept... She's she's relying on her parents that taking her in and out of this this environment that she doesn't want to be in. But you know her parents have always been her place of solace. Home's been all, always been her place of solace. She's been really affected by the fact that the police have turned up all of a sudden at a at door and she's aware of it. So even that's being rocked. I said, go and tell her. Do you know what, darling? Me and your dad have decided that enough's enough for now, and we're going to get through Christmas and this year without doing anything else to do with these treatments. Why was I confident in that? I've been part of Daisy's whole story. When I met Daisy, from the first, the month that I'd first engaged with the dad again, who bearing in mind, for those who don't know, just very quickly, I'd engaged with a dad three months prior to engaging in with, I thought I'd never speak to the dad again because he reached out to me three months prior uh, uh, February to tell me to ask to help his twin sister with cancer who died on her own because of COVID 
in a fucking hospice in Ireland, which he wasn't allowed to go and see her. So imagine that's what the dad's experienced. And then whilst that's been going on, whilst his twin sister's been dying, and obviously the whole family are mourning that, his daughter, for the past eight, six, six seven months, has had this lump in her chest, which has just been kept being told, no, it's just she's going through puberty. <coughs> but eventually the mum... Like I said, she knew what had, what was going on and had insisted, change the GP. Oh, my God, I forgot to tell you that. About that. I need to tell you something else. Do you know what else the hospital did to this family? Again, you're going to, again, you think this is bollocks. They contacted the lo her local family GP and deregistered the whole family. Did I, I didn't even, did I tell you that? Mm. So the hospital, in this time, and they're only finding this out weeks later, why did they do that? So that the only doctors that they could deal with was them. As, as on, my, on Chair's soul. This is what's been going on. Right? So, yeah. So back to the point. I'm, I'm now telling them, if that was my daughter, I'd go and say, enough's enough. Oh, yeah. Daisy's lump. So Daisy, when I first met Daisy, her lump had grown 40% in two months. That's how quick and aggressive this was going. Her dad knew about the approach we take and the natural medicine we talk about as well and the system that it works with. So he's already geared up about that because of what had happened with his sister, Caroline, who died, like I said, before he even got the chance to work with this woman. But he'd already had that backstory, so he was like, right, straight in with it. So within a month, they went and got their own private scan. Tumor had completely stopped growing. First win for this family. Again, I don't want to go back into that story too much, but point being, this whole time, prior to this first set of treatments she was bullied into, this family had three scans that initially, number one, showed the stop in the growth, number two showed a slight reduction, number three showed a solid, big reduction in the main tumour, which had also split at that point, almost like it. And bearing in mind, this family, as a family, you know what he's doing every night? As a family rubbing medicine into this girl's chest and meditating over her and talking to that lump and telling that lump why they didn't want that lump in their life and their little girls. This is how fucking amazing this family is. That's what, this is their journey that they've been on. So now, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm confident in telling their parents at this point, and I said to her mum, I said, listen, imagine you are me and we're talking about Aaliyah, which is my little girl which she knows of, because our families have, have become quite close. I said, if you knew what you knew was your story, and I know it's going to be difficult because it's you're the mum and you're caught in this, but imagine it was me and this was Aaliyah. What would you tell me at this point? She said, James, I would tell you to not ever go near that place again. I said, maybe that's what your daughter needs to fucking hear right now. She needs to hear that from you more than ever. And if that's your knowing then you haven't got to worry about nothing else because that's your truth. And no one wants better for Daisy than you. No one. So I'm really pleased to say Daisy's agreed to do our, our Mindful Monday, which I'm really chuffed about. I need to check in with her dad in a minute to find out where he rang. I'm hoping it's not to change anything, but we'll, we'll soon find out. But that's a true story. And I've, in eight years, me personally, prior to, to Hazza 
jumping on and just making it so much more manageable for me and adding so much more to the table. I've worked with three other people that I can tell you about off the top of my head that all died on beds being wheeled back and forth from the fucking, from the ward, the cancer ward, to where they're going to have the treatment, but then someone comes with more priority. Back, three people that have died on those beds and the family not being able to get near them, knowing that that's how they died. That's just three people. We can talk about how many this year? Eight. Eight people we've worked with. I need to get my charger quickly, Hazza, and I'll pass this over to you now. But eight people we've worked with this year. One of them, I've told you before, go and look at his story. John's Fight for Cancer. It's on Instagram. It got a good bit of traction. We work with that man. Look at his story. What they did with him. We've done a video. We did a video on that as well, didn't we? Um, mate, I've got to quickly go grab my charger. I'll leave this on. Yeah, I'll be too... Sorry. <laughs> James was saying there was eight people this year that had all gone through all different uh, many cases had been through like forms of treatment, radiotherapy, chemotherapy to the point where the hospital have said that's all we can do so you're on your own now so you can imagine what that is like and this is normally when people reach out to us when it gets to that stage where they've literally tried everything and now it's like so Trying to think where that, that would go to. Eight people that have already been told that nothing we can do. Then they're now working on their doing their breathing, they're getting their mindset right. They're actually making choices for themselves. And pretty much every single time the hospital will do a call. Oh, can we get you in for a four-week follow-up? Or we can get you in for this. We need to do more blood tests. And every time that one of these people have gone back to the hospital. They've ended up going in the completely wrong direction or died. Like, and the, the John's fight for cancer that James said, if you go on his page, this guy, when we met, like, his results were completely person, the amount of weight he lost. He was then doing his activities that he wanted. And you can see... He went on, for what he went on at 72 years old, the first time after not being able to get out of his chair. All these pictures on this on his Instagram site, by the way, you'll see all of this. He went on his first water slide with his daughter, beautiful, beautiful Jamie, as well, who uh, we need to reach out to again just to touch base with, by the way, Hazard. Um, sort of at some, that's where he went from. And again, if too long to, I'm not going to tell, we can tell another video on his full story. What the hospital done to him is just as you'll say, nah, no, what? yes, fucking yes, way, lies, 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 tricking, collusion, coercion, sorry coercing people in and then once they're in there again this has been going on in covid in this year so it's been even i'm sorry but even more suspicious even if you're gonna say oh yeah because of yeah but even more suspicious that they're, they're tricking people to come in knowing that no one can come in to back these people up once they're in there there's no family they've got them john's story if you heard what happened to him that man was on the mend his diabetes had cleared up his diabetes, he was no longer taking his diabetes medicine, just a fucking side effect of the protocol that we, we had him. This is what I'm saying. By the way, I'm not saying, me and, as we all said, me and Harry ain't healers, right? We're nothing, we're not trying to claim fucking, we're not selling anything. What would you do if you, you, you fucking stumbled on something, which is how it started for me, you stumbled on something that was so amazing and you get a result with a family member, you're like, you're supposed to be dead. And then you just, you just start sharing that with other people, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course you fucking would. 
You would. So we're not trying to create some hype here of, of <gasps> panic or, oh, you need to reach out to James. No, but you do need to fucking listen because that's the least we can do for these eight people that have fucking died this year. That all of them, all of them, after going back to hospital, got worse or died. And Joe, you know what? I've said this on another video. As far as I'm concerned, if you get cancer, don't go near a fucking hospital. That's, you know, I don't care. I'm standing on that. That's my experience. That's just my experience. I would not go near one with a hospital. Because here's a fact as well. A fucking fact. Your body has been dealing with cancer cells from day one. You've got a natural inbuilt system that has a fucking process which works with your own endocannabinoids which literally seek out cancer cells and the process, Google it, is called apoptosis. A-P-O-P-O-T-O-S-I-S. -T -T apoptosis. Fucking Google it. Your body does that anyway. And you know when you get a lump? Guess what? That's a good fucking sign because that's your body's defense mechanism. You get a lump because your body realizes, and this is the difference between your body and a fucking laser or a knife that cuts you open. When you get a lump, it's your body reacting to what it fucking finds. And it finds it down to the singular cell. One cell inflames and gets sick, sends off a message, your body picks it up. Right, do you know what the surrounding cells do? They give themselves up. They jump on that sick cell, starting with the, the four nerves to five nerves surrounding cells to that sick cell. Jump on it and call in the troops of everybody else. That lump is your body starving the cancer naturally so that it doesn't spread. Then what happens? Someone in a white jacket goes, chop and opens up your body's defense mechanism and breaks it down. That's a fact. It's even in the small print of your biopsies. There's risk that when we cut you open, we make you more susceptible and the cancer spreads. And you have to sign for it. Well, you fucking sign for it. This is all real information, and that's why these stories count. And that's why... That's why we need to be aware of this stuff. And I know some people have shared stories of people that they've gone through the same. So I appreciate you sharing it on here. So it's not just you're hearing it from me and Harry. On our Telegram group, the one we built, the Lads Talk Health one, we've got, in fact, I'm sure I've seen the names pop up. We've got people on there, ladies, females, Listen, their stories, with cancer. What is it with cancer? Why the fuck is it so often that these things happen? Here's another fun fact. Cancer, in comparison to any other disease or ailment, is the most overdiagnosed. The most overdiagnosed. Again, another, oh, is that another coincidence? Yeah, by real meaning of the fucking word coincidence. Yeah, it is. It is another coincidence. What props up the big farmers' budget? What literally takes up all of their budget, makes them all their money? Cancer treatments. You ain't got to be a conspiracy theorist. You just got to look at the picture that is painted in front of you. 
which they hide with people in white jackets with pretty faces on television telling you to privately invest even more worse still not only is our free system totally fucked totally fucked the nhs is not what you think it is trust me on that i've worked in that for six years seen it firsthand separate to the cancer work i've done in the social care sector if anyone, I know there's certain people who work in that social care sector and you'll back me up. You people are loved to pieces. You're the salt of the earth. People that are propping up the social, the, taking care of our elderly, our kids with special needs. But look what goes on in that sector. This is rough. The medical system is a business. It's a money-making business and it's the best because it's got your trust. They even call it the NHS trust. Cunts, Sorry. Fucking cunts. That's the, it's evil what they're doing. Just know that. It's evil. When it comes to cancer, that is a complete business. And now it's one in two of us that are going to get cancer. One in two of us. That's the official statistic. All the billions and billions and billions and billions of pounds that have been going into all these cancer fucking adverts and charities that they trick us with kids with pipes up their noses and they make us go, oh, let me give 50 quid over. To charities that are involved in fucking child trafficking as well. Oxfam. How about that? proven mm -hmm. when are we going to wake up yeah. Yeah, James thank you again for sharing that mate and like you can see just the love and support that you give Daisy and I think out, out of everything there they're one solid throughout this so just continue doing that and guys just a, a request and just to ask please do share this around because we all know someone that's been through some sort of misdiagnosis we know people and family members that have suffered like people are now speaking up and sharing these stories because the more it gets out there the more awareness it brings to other people but also it's out there the next stage is serving notices the next stage is taking these people down that do work on a system that if you challenged it they would not be able to win well show me what's your next thought process for that what are you measuring that on what about the evidence that you said there's none how can you guarantee that they won't be able to answer it. So it's again bringing awareness to it because we're aware of the vaccine now. This goes on a lot worse. Like it's been going on for years and people just accept that that's just a normality. So if you can, please share this on and any questions, any time you want to connect, just please reach out as well. Do you know what? One last thing that's just come to me as well, Hazard. Right, I'll, I'll, I want us to do another, we're going to do another brief for Daisy. We're definitely going to do another brief for Daisy because that is that is what that girl needs. She had such a good response to that last time. So I'm going to speak. I'll be, I'm going to, as soon as this is done, I'm going to ring the dad first just to see what's going on. We'll ring the dad's number. It's the mum I spoke to earlier on it. But, and then if my Uncle Monday's going ahead, which I'm hoping it is, I'm just going to say to Daisy. In fact, I told you what I'm going to do to Daisy tonight, with, with Daisy tonight, which again is different from anything I've done. But I'm going to stand on that. Again, that's my truth. But if she agrees to it, Please look out, because I'm going to put out another a brief for Daisy. And let's get even more people involved this time. Let's get more kids on this. Like my kids were on it last time. Other kids were on it last time. Let's get more people involved. Let's get these everyone together. Like, she really got a big lift off that last. So did I. So did the mum, the dad. That In fact, the whole family need well, that. The mum's uh, reaction when the dad, how did he describe it? <laughs> She was drunk, <laughs> she don't even drink. And then the daughter, the other daughter, the beautiful other little daughter, who's also a flower is her name. She like innocently just went, Mum, you don't drink. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, but she was just on happiness. She just sat there 
just looking at all the messages at the end, the posters from the kids. So let's do that again. Definitely. That, that, that family, I'll be putting that. Um, oh yeah. I will start. In fact, I'm going to start at the time. After I do this session with Daisy, I'm going to get on that tonight, mate. I'm going to build just a little Canva thing again. Yeah. You can be up for a bit. Yeah. All right, I'll give you a shout in a bit. Thanks for everyone that's listening as well. And listen, just last thing. I'm not attacking people that are involved in the medical community. I'm not. I shared with you some stories about some individuals. I don't for a second think that makes up everyone in the medical community. Not at all. There's beautiful people involved in that that I've got nothing but respect for. Just like I said about the social care sector, nothing but respect for these people. But this stuff is happening all the time. It's the system. It's the system. And it's not even broken. It's exactly how they designed it, which is what makes it even more fucking soul destroying. Yeah, cheers, James. Guys, we'll catch you on Wednesday night. And all the members, uh, we've got our Q&A, which is uncensored tomorrow on uh, our Let's Talk Health membership. Yeah, nice one. See you later, peeps. As I'll shout in a bit. Yeah, see you, man. Thank you so much for listening. If you've been interested in this content and want to reach out for us a one-on-one or group or community coaching, please don't hesitate to. You can find us at Lads Talk Health on Instagram. On Telegram, if you're interested in the natural plant medicine, search for Rick Simpson Oil, best Rick Simpson Oil, forward slash cannabis oil, forward slash THC oil. You'll also find us on Instagram at Lads Talk Health. We've got a community membership site. If you're interested, please reach out. The membership site is www.ladstalkhealth.com. And again, love to all.